0: Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Also, hopefully you guys are doing all right this morning if uh, you didn 't know my name 's ben galbraith uh, i 've been a part of this church since its conception um, about eleven years ago. Uh, I moved up here uh, to help plant the church uh, from Athens, Georgia. I grew up outside of Atlanta and then lived in Atlanta for a while and uh, loved being up here. met my wife up here and uh, Got to be I've been a part of this church for a long time and it is it's awesome. I love it. And uh, one of the things that we have been talking about here recently is I'm talking about the barriers. We've been talking about, uh, you know, Josh was sharing about that. We've been talking about repentance. We've been talking about uh, just a lot of good things uh, coming, trying to renew our spirit and renew discipleship going into 2021 and so um, this morning I want to take that a step further but I want to preface this that I'm not perfect I've got I've got flaws I have uh, I've got insecurities I've got junk that I'm working through and today's lesson is not going to be perfect and you may be tempted to say wow look at how bad Ben messed up but we're going to take a second and pray here okay (laughs) I want us to pray on our own as is our tradition for a moment silently that we would hear God's voice this morning because there's I mean, you guys are going to see my PowerPoint. and You're going to be like, oh, my goodness, has this guy ever made a PowerPoint in his life? Um, No, I really don't (laughs) make PowerPoints very often. And I was a mechanic for a while. Don't use PowerPoints. But uh, I, I say all that to say is that we can easily be distracted and this morning, I want us to hear God, so let's take a second and pray. Father, you are king and Lord, and uh, Father, we are your servants father we are we are faithful members of your body trying to be that and father i pray that this morning that uh, you would give us ears to hear eyes to see god uh, a a spirit that is willing uh, willing to let the holy spirit come in uh, father i just i, I pray that, that we are in tune with you and we don't miss this opportunity together we don't miss this opportunity to learn something new or to re- be reminded of something we've already known And uh, Father, I I just pray that uh, we can have a great time here this morning talking about your word. And um, Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. His name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's go. Here we are. Yes. Who has ever played the Legends of Zelda? Yes. Look at that date up there. 1986. That may not have been for all of y'all, but... uh, Uh, maybe a couple of us in here what's if you didn't know this Zelda is a one player game okay it's a single player game and and this is the game you play when you're by yourself if you're playing with your brother or your sister it's miserable because you're like hurry up and die so it's my turn all right and this is one of those games that you kind of like piddle around and go on adventures and all this stuff all right this is not fun to play in groups you know (laughs) but my my first point is okay (laughs) discipleship isn't a single-player game there it is I I tied it in (laughs) hope you're ready for more of that coming through all right discipleship is not a single player game and we have been going through and learning a lot about like these barriers and these things internally that we're wrestling with and navigating and And we're like, man, I've got to fix some things that are broken in me in my walk so that I can be closer to God. But it doesn't stop there. It is not. Discipleship was never meant to be something you do on your own by yourself. Discipleship is about us. It's about the collective, about about the body, about the group. It's not about me. Why are we why are we going through and wrestling with these things It's because it benefits the body and it helps us to do the work that God designed us to do. We know in Mark three, I, I did communion last week and I talked about us being brought in to Jesus's family. He's preaching. He said, know what? These are my brothers and my sisters and my mom. We are being brought into a family. And that's what's neat, is that that Jesus called individuals to bring them into the family of Christ, to build them into a temple that's being built on the cornerstone of Christ. We were never meant to, to do discipleship, to have a relationship with God by ourselves, And that's good news. (laughs) I don't don't know if you guys feel like that. Sometimes we can feel like the hardest part about discipleship is the other people, right? Having to deal with other people is tough. But we are being brought into a family. I want to read this scripture here. And man, there's a lot of words and the red didn't show up like I thought it would. But let's read it. It says, you were not born as Jews. And it's Ephesians 2.11. 22 this is an easy to read version but uh, you were not born as Jews you are the people the Jews call uncircumcised those Jews who call you uncircumcised call themselves circumcised their circumcision is the only uh, is only something they themselves do to their bodies remember that in the past you were without Christ you were not citizens of Israel and you did not know about the agreements with the promises that god made to his people you had no hope and you did not know god yes at one time you were far away from god but now in christ jesus you are brought near to him you are brought near to god through the blood sacrifice of christ so let me just give a little preface here ephesians was talking to the gentiles and he He's saying that before it was just the Jews and God. Okay, he said they had this relationship and you didn't know anything about the deal that I made with them about the covenants and the promises that I have with the Jews. But guess what? Now there is no difference between you, the uncircumcised or the circumcised, the things that they would use to distinguish each other. That's gone. That doesn't mean anything. Now you are once far away, but because of the blood of Christ, you were brought close Let's keep reading. Christ is the reason we are now at peace. He made us Jews and you who are not Jews, one people. I highlight it, it actually doesn't show up as well as I wanted to. We were separated by a wall of hate that stood between us, but Christ broke down that wall by giving his own body. Christ ended the law with its many commands and rules. His purpose was to make the two groups become one in him. By doing this, he would make peace. Through the cross, Christ ended the hate between the two groups, and after they became one body, he wanted to, bring them, back to uh, bring them both back to God. He did this with his death on the cross. Christ came and brought the message of peace to you non-Jews who were far away from God, and he brought that message of peace to those who were near to God. Yes, through Christ we all have the right to come to the Father in one spirit. No one, you, uh, so now you non-Jewish people are not visitors or strangers, but you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. You believers are like a building that God owns. That building was built on the foundation that the apostles and prophets prepared. Christ Jesus himself is the most important stone in that building. The whole building is joined together in Christ and he makes it grow and become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Christ, you are being built together with his other people. You are being made into a place where God lives through the spirit. So I know that this is a long scripture, and we're not going to spend a long time here. But what I want us to see here is all the things one people, one in him, one body, uh, one spirit. We all belong to God's family, a building together that God owns. The whole building is joined together in Christ. In Christ, you are being built together with him his other people. All right guys. Here's something. We are all different people. And here the Jews and the Gentiles were different people, different cultures, and God said, I'm going to Jesus I'm bringing you together. All right, this is not just for the Jews, it's for every for everyone. And those things on the outside that separate you that you notice as being different, Those don't matter. And I'm building you into one person. I'm bringing you together into one body, one temple, one spirit. We're coming together. And so as as a discipleship here in this church, we are being built together to work together. Okay, and this is something that we've got to forget. We are not just a bunch of individual stones that are. Like, have you ever been to a work site before where stones are just stacked up and there's piles of wood over there and everything, you know, you have a bunch of materials, but they're all kind of, they're not doing anything when they're not put together. They don't build anything. All right, they've gotta be put together. And so that's what we're being called to. His purpose was to make two groups, one in him, and that we are being built together into a new humanity, a new person, a new human. And so this is what I want to talk about. This kind of sets the foundation is that we are we're talking about discipleship. But this is a one another thing. This is a family thing. And I feel like now more than ever, we really need to renew the family. Okay, And this is this is a picture of my family here. But. um, When we talk about family, it can be tough because a lot of us come from different backgrounds. The word family can strike like immense joy in us, or it might be the most sad thing in your life. And we've got to acknowledge that. that, And and we've got to get to a place where we can speak the same language on this because your house may have been a nurturing one. It may have been broken. I don't know. There's just so many things that tough love or You may have been in an outgoing family or an artsy family or adventurous or a military family that moves all the time. Uh, Single parents, no parents, helicopter parents. You know, you may have been raised by your siblings or adopted. You may have had your whole extended family all put in there together. Crazy uncles, maybe multiracial, same sex. Maybe it's a blended family after a divorce families come in all shapes and sizes and where you start from is going to look different from house to house to house to house but i tell you what what i love about god's plan is he's starting a new family he's starting from a place that's fresh and nothing like what we see on this earth and calls us to be a family that is completely Completely different than what the world shows us how to be a family, so this right here, this is my favorite picture of me and my family right here, all right, and I love this picture, man I just it, it is just perfect everybody's smiles are perfect. I mean, my forearm looks jacked in there i 'm like, yes that's perfect, you know I love I love like so what 's awesome about this picture is is the she was like all right just just you and Sarah take a picture and sit on this thing in the middle of all those this is all weeds by the way like you wouldn't want to be around this in any other circumstance than taking a picture but but the girls just ran up and jumped in and this is how it all fell together Rory's all nestled in there and it is just I love it I just love it and you can just see how happy Rory is and I it is the best it really is the best but can I let you in on a little secret? This isn't real life. Okay? This is when I think about my family, this is, not, this is not the image that comes to mind. Okay? This is awesome and it's beautiful. But this is this isn't like this was posed. All right? When I think about when I think about my family, it is a hot mess. Okay? My family is uh, <laughs> Uh, it's dirty diapers all right uh it's throw up i don't let me just tell you about wednesday night okay i had i had my ducks in a row to come to church sarah was sarah was working okay i'm like yes dad of the year award's coming to me i got this thing on lock okay i literally were sitting at the dinner table five minutes before we need to leave i say rory take one more bite and then we're gonna go this is what happens Yump. And she goes, uh, 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 and then literally throw up all over the table. And I'm like, oh, brother, this is, here we go again. You know, it's like, I'm just telling you, it is messy. And When I think about family, I think about going to work. I think about when I'm sitting at my desk and I have a little picture on my desk. I, and I look at that picture, and I say, I'm working for you guys. And I love that. And I love the fact that sarah when she goes to work she's doing it for us too and then we're on the same page grinding it out because we love our family i think about that stuff i think about folding clothes i think about date nights in i think about saturday family breakfast i think about tears and ouchies i think about budget meetings uh timeouts and spanks <laughs> and so many feelings let me just tell you being a girl dad there are so many feelings in my house all the time. Everybody's got feelings. I'm telling you, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know there could be so many feelings in the world, but there are. And these girls aren't even four yet, okay? Oh, Lord, uh, there's so many feelings. and And, you know, I think about that. I think about I got a road dog for life. My wife is my road dog. She's down for whatever, ride or die. She's on my same team through thick or thin. Whatever comes, she's my girl. Down in the trenches, we're going to get it done. I love that. Those are the things, and that was just off the cuff. I'm just like, those are the things that I love about my family. And because of all that, we can get together and take a fun picture. But, man, a lot goes into it. And there's a lot of deep feelings. I even just saying this stuff out loud. I'm not a crier. Sarah will tell you the only time I cry is when I think about my family and the sweet things that go on. Oh, my gosh. It just I got a lot of that's where my feelings come out. When I when 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 Roy says, Daddy, are you feeling feelings? That's (laughs) it's when I think about I think about I think it's it's like, yes, I, I get emotional when I think about my family. And. But this doesn't sum it up. But here's, when I, I want to show you guys something. I typed in church, okay, into into the Google webs. And these are some pictures that came up. Oh, okay. This is generic church. (laughs) This is, everybody's happy. Everybody's all clean. Oh, look at this, generic church. This is, this is... (laughs) This is funny. I, I, I was looking at this and the, just seeing how everybody folds their hands together. It's like, which is the right way? Do you clap them together like this when you pray or do you fold them? I don't know. Those those must be the generic deep seated questions that, that people are asking on Google. Or are these just <laughs> this right here? I mean, I think this is what the when people think church, this is what it is. But I'll tell you the truth, there's a lot more that goes into church. There's a lot more that goes into the family of Christ. And I want us to consider those things. It's messy. It's hands-on. You think about the people that Jesus called to be in his church. It was it was the unclean people. It was the sick people. It was the poor and the drunkards and the prostitutes. It was the people that others didn't want to associate with you know in church there's growing pains we are we are a a group of people who are all extremely different and and it's so interesting we can get caught up on black and white in our skin color but it just all of us whether you look the same on the outside or not we are all different people and for us trying to come together is difficult and it aches and it's and it's hard to when we try and blend this family together to 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 do it right i'm thinking about amelia she's going through growing pain she's teething and her teeth are trying to come in her body's trying to mature and grow and she cries and it makes her upset and she's grumpy and all this stuff because it when your body is growing and figuring it out It aches a little bit, but that's okay. That means things are going in the right direction. And now more than ever with quarantine and all this time where we have been mandated to be alone, trying to come back out of that is so tough. It's really tough because we all get in our own heads. What are people going to think about my choices? What choices do I need to make? It is just, there are so many things about being a part of the body that are tough. And so this morning, I want us to consider as we go through this, that we need to renew the family in 2021, okay? We've gotta take our discipleship and make it a one another thing. Yes, do you guys like this graphic here? I made that, okay? This right here is, is, is about as technical as I get. Um, this right here is the discipleship staircase, all right? And uh, yeah, that's just a photo, and I put some stuff on top of it. And, uh, and so here's the thing with discipleship, all right? We got to go up the staircase. Discipleship's got to start at home. And when we're living out discipleship at home, we can, we can step in and bring that into the church. And when the church is living out discipleship, We can bring that out to our community. But if we aren't doing this at home, there's no way we can do do discipleship in the church. There's no way that we will love or do the things that God really called us to do in the church if we don't do this at home. And same, what are we going to bring anybody to if we can't do discipleship in our own homes and our own church? I know this is a silly graphic, but this is serious stuff. We've got to really consider this. What happens at home is important. And this is, this is where we need to start. We gotta start at home. And so I want to I want to start by reading this scripture here. And this is one that we have we've probably read a bunch, and it's super uh, controversial, but I want to read this because I think what God is doing is He sets us examples in our life of what the church should look like but in things that we would understand so i want to read this it says wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body now as the church submits to christ so wives are to submit to their husbands in everything husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church And gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything um, like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So here we get caught up on all the wrong things when we read this. What do we go to first? Wives, submit to your husbands. Everyone's like, oh, there it is. You know, and like, we can't, we can't pick anything out of this because of, of that. But the profound mystery that is revealed here, that's no longer a secret, is that this is talking about Christ in the church. This relationship that we have at home is designed to reflect what Jesus and the church should look like in their relationship. And then at the end, he said, in case you're still confused, let me just sum this up. Each of you should love his own wife and the wife should respect her husband. All right, if you're getting caught up in the wrong things, just go to the end. That should make things more clear to you. But right here, the, um, what I want to focus in on is for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The, the two will become one flesh. And so right here, we've already read a big, long scripture about people coming together and becoming one. Here we have an example in the home. A husband and wife relationship is supposed to mimic what it looks like for us to come together in the church. At home, we are meant to become one. And just like I just described, it's tough. Becoming one is not easy. It takes years and years and years for us to like, I don't know, be okay with not being single anymore and to be thoughtful about the person that we're living with. I want you guys to know puppy love is for children, okay? If you think that you're getting married and it's just going to be puppy love and butterflies, you know, that's not what marriage is. (laughs) That's a child's view on marriage. Now, marriage is beautiful and it is awesome, but it's filled with stretch marks and scars, y'all. It is like it's it's there's it's not Instagram It like I don't know, like if you are single and you want to be married, it's it's awesome. Somebody who finds a wife is blessed. But I tell you, it's not Instagram. It's a it's a selfless thing. And love is is a decision that we have to make every single day. And this is a mirror of what, what the church should be. We've got to be committed to each other in a marriage relationship. The commitment I made to Sarah is I made two big commitments. I made the commitment to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and make him Lord of my life. And I made a vow to love my wife till the end, to stick with her through thick and thin. And I said those vows. The marriage ceremony was not the end all be all of that relationship. When you're dating, when you're like trying to be pure and all this stuff, you're like, oh, yes, the marriage ceremony. I'm here. I've arrived. Is not the case. You've got the rest of your life, and there's a lot of work that goes into that. Again, we know that this is the same. Our conversions into Christianity, you know, that is not it. That is not the end-all, be-all. There is a lot of work in coming together. We will be spending the rest of our lives learning to become one with each other. And it takes a lifetime to do that. But we've got we've to know that going into it. One of the other things that's awesome is we work towards the same goals and Sarah on the same page. That comes out in spiritual matters. We talk about those things often. We, we are on the same page with our money because we have budget meetings often. We have, we're on the same page about parenting because we talk about it often. We talk about our careers often and where we're going with our careers. Guys, hopefully in your families, you guys are on the same page and working towards these things. And and like this is stuff you've got to talk about all the time. You're like, why are we at church? Why are we talking about discipleship again? Why are we talking about some fundamental thing? Because we have got to be on the same page. We have got to do that because we won't be working together. And Sarah and I train each other. She calls me on my stuff. She don't let me slide. (laughs) You know, we don't tiptoe around things. When there's conflict, we deal with it. And then we train our children. And I, I like, I don't feel like I need to say how these things mirror But I'm going to go in deeper into this just if you if you weren't getting it. okay? we'll go deeper into it. But I want to talk about our kids here. Are there any children in here? Children, obey your parents. And this just by the way, this is right after this is right after we talk about husbands and wives. The whole family is involved here. Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And then also, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so, kids, what do we learn? Obey mom and dad. Okay, if you want things to go well with you, obey mom and dad but I want to get back to the parents here. Okay. This bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We have got to train our children and our families. It is the most selfless act you will ever have is training your kids. It is a 24 hour job, no days off. The only times I get off Or if we get a babysitter and that's for a couple hours, but I'm still on call. okay? I it is it is it is such such an important thing that that we get this right. Training our kids is 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 very, very important. So parents, your kids are watching you. And the best teaching that you can do for your kids is to live out discipleship in home. Better than any family devotional. Better than any Bible scripture reading is you live it out in your life and your kids are watching. And they will say, this is what family is. This is what it looks like to love God. This is what it looks like to have God be Lord in your life. Your kids are watching. That's why they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. They are picking up what you're putting down. And for empty nesters, this is still the same for you. Your kids are always watching. Your kids aren't home. They're watching your example still. They're saying, wow, mom and dad, look, they started doing something different than they did. When I go home for the holidays, it's a little different. Oh, they talk to me a little bit different than than they used to. It doesn't end when your kids leave. They are still watching you. You know, my fear is that we may spend more time with our kids extracurricular. Uh, Curricular? <laughs> it's not saying it. They're sports and music, all the other <laughs> stuff that they're doing. All right? Don't make fun of me. All right? I, I said. Hear God. Don't hear me. okay? (laughs) I'm telling you, (laughs) oh, boy. All right. um, But but I'm afraid we might see our kids activities as more important than having them be a part of the church. And we've got to be careful about that. I I think one of the biggest lessons I learned from my folks growing up is that that. I sacrificed, I learned to sacrifice my sports for the church because the church was more important than sports. And that's, the church family was more important. And that's, that's a tough lesson. Uh, parenting is not merely just organizing activities and making sure my kids are happy. Making sure they go to the right schools and all that stuff so they get a good education. That's not parenting. All right, that's just being a, a project manager or something, that's just organizing stuff. All right, it is a 24 hour thing. You know, we're training our kids to do tough stuff and I love it and this is how we do, we go on long hikes and ever since my daughter was about two, we started going on walks in the, wood, in the woods and Rory from day one always had to carry her own load and she, I wasn't gonna carry her all right. And, and we're training. We're training her that it's OK to do hard things and that everybody carries their own load. Everybody is has work to do. And we started that since she was like two and we could only go about 100 yards and back. And that was it. All right. Now, Rory is three and we can walk about three miles together. And it's awesome. It's really cool but those are lessons that I have to be thoughtful about and things that take work. You know, it's not just one day, like we've gotta go and put in effort to train our kids. And so parents think about that. And finally, I wanna talk about hospitality. When we talk about at home, family hospitality, rejoice. Oh dang, I'm going long y'all, I'm going long. We're going to fly through the rest of this stuff here. Or I'll preach next week, whatever. So family hospitality. Guys, I want you to know that this is your family outreach. Practicing hospitality is bringing other people into your family. And again, this is mimicked in the church. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be present in prayer. Share in the saints and their needs and pursue hospitality. and and that is like this is the church like the family is is the example of this everyone participates and this is the outreach so guys I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the rest of my stuff I've got a lot of jazz here that I want to get through but let's skip over here So here's the thing, we're works in progress, but do you turn off discipleship when you get home? We can't do that. Do you have a sober view of how your family life matches with the Bible? That's something we got to think about. Do you make more sacrifices for your kids' sports teams than you do for the body of Christ? That's a tough one, y'all. Am I in the light with the condition of my family, marriage, kids, roommates? You fill in the blank. Guys, there is a lot, a lot, 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 lot here. And um, I want us to, to think about these things. Man, guys, I don't know if I should just stop here or fly through and just give you some scriptures so you can go home and study this out. But so here again, we're becoming, I'm just going to give you some scriptures here. We're going we'll fly through this. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. That's all of us becoming one. In our family relationships, one of the things that I love is how the Bible talks about um, what the church should look like. Don't speak angrily to an older man, but talk to him as if he were your father. Treat the younger men like brothers. Treat the older women like mothers. And treat the younger women with respect like sisters. When we think about how we, rea- how we act together as a family, it's family relationships. This is how we should treat one another because we're in a family together. Here's another one. Older men are to be level-headed, worthy of respect, sensible, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way... Older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not addicted to much wine. They are to teach what is good so they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure homemakers, kind and submissive to their husbands so that God's message will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage young men to be self-controlled in everything. And again, you have this picture of a family working together. The older men are doing their part. The, the women are doing their part and encouraging the younger folks to grow up and mature in their faith. This is important stuff. So a family loves each other. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, have love for one another. The people who believe that Jesus uh, is the Messiah are God's children. Anyone who loves the Father also loves the Father's children. How do we know that we love God's children? We know because we love God and oh obey his commands loving God means obeying his commands and God's commands are not too hard for us because everyone who is a child of God has the power to win against the world it is our faith that has won the victory against the world so who wins against the world only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God and so guys here just quickly I got to fly through this stuff but can you even love God without other people? Can you even do discipleship by yourself? Is that like, seriously, like, how do you do it? If loving, if loving God shows that you love him and you don't love other people, how are you loving God? If we don't love one another, no one will know we are his disciples. Can you believe that? No one will know that we're disciples if we aren't loving one another. And that is such a high, call, high calling. But it is so important for us. There's no way. That's why I said it's a stepping stone. There's no way we can get to our community if we're not loving each other here first. It's so important. But, man, it's way different than what the world does. It's so different. Man, I'm sorry. I got to fly through this. We got to be committed to each other, but speak the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. I love this picture of the like of the community of the family. I love this, because you get this idea that we are one body built together, and each part is functioning like it should. Each part of the body is promoting the growth of itself. I love that, but know what that implies? No one gets a day off. We are all working together, and that's a high calling, but that's what makes family so sweet. That's what makes us so awesome. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings, as some habitually do, but encourage each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All right. Are you concerned about one another? And I'll just leave that second part there not staying away from the worship meetings as some habitually do. All right. If you think it's okay just to to go it alone, that these times aren't important. What's the Bible say? We got to be of one, the same mind and spirit. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you. That you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel. Guys, we've got to be on the same page. One mind, one spirit working side by side. Please, please, please don't get annoyed when we talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again. We have got to hear that so that we're speaking the same language so that we're not going in a million different directions. But we are we are growing into the head and so that we have one spirit, one mind, and so that we can work side by side. If we're all doing separate things willy nilly, nothing productive happens. God's not glorified by that. One spirit, one mind. We've got to teach one another. We haven't pulled this one out in a while. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Friction's okay, y'all. Friction's a good thing. Now more than ever, anxiety and insecurity and the fear of being, quote unquote, judged is, 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 is prominent. How does anyone get anything productive done without, like, being able to have somebody in their life that says, okay, I saw that. That didn't look right. Let's talk about it. How does does what you were doing match up with the Bible? In a family, that shouldn't be a scary thing. We're in one mind and one spirit. And if someone says, hey, it looks kind of like you're out here doing your own thing. Can we talk about that? That shouldn't be a scary thing. In a family, we're looking out for each other. We're trying to pull those laces tight. We're growing into one person and we've gotta be okay with a little conflict. We've gotta be okay with stepping on each other's toes just a little bit, don't we? This is some of those growing pains and we can't be afraid of conflict. That won't help you in the church. And let me tell you, it won't help you in life because life is full of stinking conflict. It's full of inconveniences and spontaneous problems. And whatever else you can imagine, it throws some of that in there too. And we've gotta be okay with dealing with some conflict. And again, our church hospitality. We've got to think about this. Above all, maintain an intense love for each other, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others as God, as good managers of the varied grace of God. Hospitality is our vessel to the community. Hospitality, like, I think we get so hung up on, on man, I got to go proclaim the word and I got to do all these awkward outreach things. And we never have anybody into our home. We never say, let me cook you a meal. Come see, come meet my family. Hopefully, if you're doing these other things, someone will come over and say, wow, your family's way different than what I see around town. You know, that's how this all works is you bring people in. There's always room for one more, but you bring them in and you're like, wow, God is doing work in this family and then in this church. And people come in and see that and they don't see us. They see God. They see the body of Christ doing something that is supernatural, something that's beyond just what I could do or what you could do. It's something that we are being built into one and it's a beautiful thing. But hospitality is so, so important. Let's see what's next. So when we go out into the community and we're doing hospitality, all authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age this right here hospitality opens the door for this it opens it allows us to 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 have conversations where we can teach each other in the church But we can we can point to God and say, this isn't me that I'm not the reason for this great family or this awesome relationship. It's God. It's Jesus. And we can teach them about Jesus. That's how it all fits in together. And so, like, I know this is a lot, but. And this is like I'm telling you, we went a mile wide and an inch deep on this stuff. these things that we're practicing individually we are individuals that are being built into the body and each of those things that you're learning isn't meant just for you it's meant to encourage and build up the church and then from there to bring more people in and be built in so i want to leave you with this if you're like where in the world do i start Pray for us. Write these scriptures down, there's two. I want you to pray like Jesus did. He prayed that that God meet our needs. Give us what we need today. There was no I or me in it. Help us to forgive us. You know, we have got to be praying about us, about the church. It's fine to pray about our individual things, but we have got to be praying about us. How can I meet the needs of us today? How can I take care of other people today and forgive those? There's just so much that goes into that. There's so little time. I want us to pray like Paul in Ephesians 4, 14. This prayer for power. He, he pray, I like when I pray about other people, it's typically like, man... I pray that Brent closes this deal. I pray that, uh, you know, I pray that, that Josh feels better and has a great day at work. You know, I pray these, they're like, they're fine. They're super generic, but we should be praying like Paul. I pray that you are filled with power to the fullness of Christ. Praying for spiritual discernment. Praying that we would feel God's spirit and that we would go do the work. That he's called us to do. We really need one another for this. And so, guys, I'm going to end it there. Let's say a prayer and uh, we'll, we'll close out with a song.